All right. <laughs> Welcome to the MindWorks podcast with Dre and Kev. We're back. We're back. Yeah, yeah. So we got a lot of interesting stuff to talk talk about today. And actually, I just want to start it off by talking about a very indigenous culture. Um, these are, and you could you could look this up yourself. It's actually really interesting. There's uh, this culture in New Guinea. They're mountain dwellers. They're called the Sambia people, right? And these individuals are very interesting when it comes to the ideas of like sexuality and stuff like that. Because what they do in their tribe is that their rites of passage for a man to become a man is basically that they have to perform homosexual acts on other men for 10 years of their life. It's fucking crazy, right? That's wild. Like, so basically they make, so basically their cognitive belief, their belief is that it's normal for men to basically perform gay acts on other men. And they start this, this, this tribute, this, this, uh, rites of passage as early as 13 to 14 years of age. That's crazy. Right. So basically what they also do in, 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 to add on to this craziness is that they also make their, um, those kids drink semen. Come on, man. Because they, their next, belief is that... It's like it's the next level. Man. Yeah, I mean, because their belief is that supposedly the semen that they drink makes them stronger. These anthropologists went to study this individual tribe and these people. And obviously, just as you are hearing this, they were just as stunned. So what happened next? So basically, they, they asked the individuals, like the grown men who went through this process, like... Are you not traumatized? Is it is it something that like, you know, like how are you feeling about it? And the men would say, no, this is normal. This is uh, how we live in our society and this is how we live our lives. And the anthropologists obviously were stunned. Yeah. Right. So they want. So the question was, it goes into the, the framework of cognitive learning theory and how powerful group think and cognitive social learning can influence an individual's mind to the point of their own sexuality. So they they engage in this process of homosexual acts in very gruesome ways. Yeah. Like they they make them perform fellatio on each other to the point of tiredness and like exhaustion. Yeah. And then they make them even display these homosexual acts in front of everyone to cause them shame for the homosexual acts. And they tell them that women are poisonous. You can't talk to women during this time period of your rites of passage to becoming a man because they'll just poison you. And the women don't engage in any of these homosexual acts. So they do this, do this process for 10 years of their life. And after 10 years of their life, they then are able to have a heterosexual relationship. Hmm. So then they become... Everyone does it. Ev- every man does it in this tribe. And then they become heterosexual. And then they're able to like switch, you know, obviously from being homosexual to heterosexual. Now, before I even get started on the topic of like, you know, uh, social cognitive learning in the United States, I just want to say social cognitive learning in that area, they see it as normal. Right. Like they are not traumatized by this rites of passage. To them, this is what they believe is the right way to live life. I'm speechless. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, it's I'm not. Like, I'm not even. I'm not even finished with what I got to say. Oh, uh, you got more. I mean, what it's crazy. Well, drinking? I mean, there's there's there's, a, there's another tribe in New Guinea. I think I believe they're in New Guinea. But basically, these individuals believe that like whenever a loved one passes away, they chop off a finger for that loved one, and they they do that because their belief is that the pain of a finger being chopped off is stronger than the pain of losing someone through grief. 
This is how they cope with their grief. So there's a lot of interesting cross-cultural perspectives on sexuality and many other things out there. And it's just so crazy to think about this one tribe, right, that does that. Now, because we know that uh, based on this tribe's, like, cognitive belief system, <clears throat> cognitive belief system that, like, sexuality can be, like, transferred fluidly, like, you know, like, you can go from being homosexual to being heterosexual, I think that's, like, crazy within itself to, like, know that you can change your sexuality because you believe, like, in your group that that is a normal thing to do. So you're no longer homosexual after your rites of passage. Like, you're just, your attraction yeah. for men. Well, were you even attracted to men to begin with? In that I'm, talking, I'm asking you, like, you're part of the tribe. But, you know, are they even... I don't know. It just sounds like a ritual that maybe they weren't even originally wanting to do. And it just did it just for social acceptance and being part of the tribe. I mean, you just got to study them further. And if you want, yeah. you could go ahead and look into it and you can look deeper into it and see what you find. But it's, it's an interesting, <laughs> hey, man, this is this is human sexuality uh, 101. <laughs> you learn this in a human sexuality course. Yeah, I mean, we. I guess the only thing that's coming up in my head is like... In the history of man, we've done some a lot of heinous things, and there was a lot of perversions in our evolution. So, I mean, it doesn't surprise me to any extent. I mean, we've I, there's some tribes that maybe were carnivores and did this and X and Y and Z. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've been around for so long. I'm sure there are a lot of traditions that are different than with the than our current society. But at the same time, it does bring us to a great point. Whereas our society going oh. as well and that is the next topic right so like if we know that sexuality has a strong basis in cognitive learning like if if our beliefs really shape how we perceive like even things like sexuality and stuff like that then it's like what is what is the the goal of the government when it comes to like sexuality are they trying to like hypersexualize us are they trying to hyposexualize us are they trying to make us be gay by making us believe to accept gay people and things like that. You know, these are things that you kind of have to like be very uh, thoughtful about just simply knowing this fact about, you know, these humans, literally humans doing these crazy uh, acts to as a rites of passage to become a man. Hmm. Like it's just crazy how far cognitive learning, social learning can take you. You know, it's very interesting. I mean, um, when you think about it, like it's, it, the question is, is like, yeah, what is it that society, I guess the American society, wants us to believe at this point? You know, it wants us to know. Because growing up in my time, you know, everyone was making fun of gay people. And yeah, being gay, like, you would be ashamed to be gay. It and it was different. very different. And, you know, like, I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's a very interesting thing to look at and figure out. We graduated in 07. You graduated in 07, too, yeah, right? Wait. So wait. high school, 07, 08. Mm -hmm. And things were a lot different. I am of the school of conspiracies. Um, I love them all. I think all conspiracies are true. Mm -hmm. But I think that the biggest thing that I think of is just our innate uh, survival instincts in the sense that I feel like the world is uh, very limited and the resources are limited. And I think certain individuals see this to be true. And not every human is going to be able to survive, let's say, in 50 years because we either won't have the, the food, the capacity, the space, whatever it is. 
Um, and I think that's partly also why colonization took part. But I'm saying that because I think part of uh, feminizing men is you you make a weak country. I yes. mean, look at our president compared to the last president, right? This it, it was very easy for other countries to do as they please with their policies and kind of, you know, push this current president around because, you know, he's more on the passive side. And this kind of relates to a little bit to the anger as well. But mm-hmm. I think part of it is if you weaken enough men in a country, it's going to be easy to take over the country because they're weak. We got weak men. Um, and I I mean, I don't it doesn't directly relate to sexuality, but I think that's part of it, because we as human beings, our number one strongest emotion is sex because it's our reproduction again for survival and just instinctively, we want to survive, so we have to reproduce. So sex is that, mm-hmm. and I think if you control a person's sex th- th- drive, mm-hmm. then you control a person. And there was actually, now that I'm thinking about this, there was actually a conversation about this about places that weren't colonized yet, um, that were going to be colonized. They would put posters and propaganda around the places in order to hyposexualize men mm. and hypo. Yeah. And then kind of, you know, drive them to stay, to kind of get them off track of their purpose, which is, you know, protect and provide for families and their society. I mean, it gets even crazy when you look at more cross-cultural perspectives as well. Like there's a, there's a, there's a culture in, uh, um, they used to live in an island off of Ireland. They were called the Ineos Biege or something like that, or Biage. I don't know how to pronounce the last word, but the Ineos, you could, you could Google this too. You can Google the Sambia people, Ineos Biage, and the Mangia in Africa. But like the Ineos Biage, they were really sexually repressed to the point that like they had, a, they, they, when they had sex, they would just wear clothes. Wow. They, wouldn't, they wouldn't even wear like, uh, they wouldn't even get naked. And to them, in their perspective, in their cognitive belief, was that like sex was actually like more of just a God-given job, mm-hmm. not like a, a thing for to use for hedonistic reasons. Right. So like these people, like, you know, they were very sexually repressed. Um, uh, when they surveyed them, a lot of the women expressed the fact that they, that they don't aim for sex to have an orgasm. Mm. So they weren't living in like sexual means. And then you go to this other country, this other tribe in a different part of the world, the Managia. These individuals were very hypersexualized. They were actually teaching their 12, 13, 14-year-olds how to have sex at a very young age. They would teach the men how to please a woman, and then they would teach the women how to orgasm for a man. And like when they surveyed all those individuals within that tribe, all the women, 99% of the women that were surveyed reported that they were able to orgasm. Because they were taught at a young age how to orgasm. Well, that's what they're doing now, right? Have you seen the latest videos of uh, and information about the books that are being shared in certain classrooms about sexuality? And that's why I'm saying yeah. putting a transgender gay flag in your classroom for kids to see, you are literally letting them cognitively learn that that's okay for them to be. So you are grooming kids in that way if you basically learned in sexual in a sexuality college course that there's a tribe of sambia people that influence their kids to drink the semen of men you and they are okay with that and they think that's okay and they're happy doing it you don't think that putting a transgender flag or a gay flag in the classroom is going to cause them to be okay with being transgender and being gay and confused about their identity 
is going to cause them to be more, to have that as an avenue. As an avenue to explore. So you are grooming your kids knowing this knowledge. And I always, I'm not going to lie. Like, I always felt like being gay or, or transgender was like you were born that way. But as I'm diving deeper into these anthropological studies and these studies of, of cross-cultural perspectives and things like that, that is not the case. Media, culture, and groupthink influence individual sexuality. And I'm going to say that loud and clear so you guys get it. Media, culture, and groupthink influence people's sexuality. This goes to the question is, what does the government want? What If you are a government figure and you had a control of a population, would you want your population being gay? Or would you want them being straight knowing these facts that there's tribes in New Guinea, mountain dwellers, who engage in the same behavior because of whatever political structure they're, they're putting in place as a social norm, that this is normal and it's okay, and these people are living happily that way. What is it that is going on then within our culture, in our society, and where is that leading us? I wish I had an answer. It really, it really all depends on what you want your society to be. Do you want your society to be gay? And there's no problem with that. Hey, if you want a whole society full of gay, pe- gay men, I mean, what is the problem with that? I think, I think the idea is they want a society of in- inclusivity. That's the catchphrase. There's a lot of catchphrases. And I mean, inclusivity is one in hey. which... If you do become the one out of 3,000 who is um, transgender, right, or one out of 3,000 who is pansexual or, you know, there's very, very small 0.01% chance, Mm -hmm. then they don't want that to be, uh, But it can become a norm if you push it far enough. That's what I'm trying to say. If you push, it can increase from one out of 3,000. Oh, yeah, it'll increase. That's the power of social cognitive learning. And we have that knowledge. Yeah. What are you going to do with that knowledge as a government? Like, if you know there's people in other tribes and other countries that are looking at sexuality in this particular way of, like, allowing your 13, 14-year-olds to drink the semen of, of adult men, and that's okay, and they're happy to do it because that's part of their societal norm, imagine how normalizing these things is going to be. Like, normalizing transgenderism, normalizing... Um, gay acts and things like that. And once again, I'm just saying I have nothing against transgenders. I have nothing against homosexuals. I have nothing against um, straight people or anybody. I'm just saying this is interesting shit to think about. <laughs> you know, this is like really interesting shit to think about because it's real. Right. And, and that's the power of the human mind. Definitely. And what's going on in our society is real too. So it's like, where are we going to take it? It really all How depends. It? it really all depends on what you believe is right. Yeah. Like a lot of people believe the heterosexual way is right. And I could see many different reasons as to why it just makes sense. I mean, you know, you, you have two people reproducing. It's part of the na- human nature cycle to reproduce, but it is also natural to, you know, the other animals cross cultural, cross species perspective. Mm. Oh, there's gay animals in the animal kingdom, mm. you know, but it's so crazy that like to think that like, Media and culture and groupthink really influences, can really have a strong influence on your sexuality through those people. Definitely. I could definitely see it. I could definitely see it. I mean, and the, I mean, with that, we're in like the mecca of it all. We're in New York City. It's like it, uh, aside from like California, maybe. Um, but, you know, this woke agenda. What, what, where, what is it? What is it really? Is it, is it even, <clears throat> hey, is this 
podcast even going to be able to be released just because of the terms that we're using, right? Well, that's just to explain real quick. That's why I wore this mask because I want this shit to get out. I want this shit to get clicked because I want this shit to be heard. So that's why I'm wearing the mask, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> the mask is solid. No, but what I'm saying is basically the fact that like with wokeism, right? This is a new this is a this is a new um yeah. uh subgroup of individuals, right? Like the woke culture. Word. Um the woke culture is, you know, once again it's it's an interesting group of individuals who I guess believe deeply in queer theory and things like that and uh promoting um you know homosexuality and queerness and stuff like that. Intersectional feminists. And in, yeah, intersexual feminists and things that. like that and you know Shout out to them, um, you know, whatever. I mean, the woke culture is an interesting cultural group. I mean, that's another interesting group to study <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. of individuals. And you could literally, like, go down the block, and they're probably, like, down the block in New York City or whatever. They're but, all over. Yeah. Um, but, you know, once again, it's a very progressive standpoint. I mean, once again, I, I, I don't think there's a problem with homosexuality because in homosexuality, you're not hurting anybody. If you want to engage in that behavior, fine, go ahead. But, you know, pedophilia is a whole different story where you're actually hurting an individual. So, like, that's a no-no. And that's basically what these individuals in this tribe are doing, kind of. Mm. It's a pedophilic act in our eyes. And you got to understand the idea of ethnocentrism, right? Ethnocentrism is the idea of, like, um, basically, uh, you judge other cultures based on what your culture believes is right. So... The fact that we're saying that those individuals are pedophiles is very ethnocentric because I'm judging them on their behaviors based on what I know in my culture and what my what I believe. So that's ethnocentrism. You want to be mindful of that as you talk about these things, especially if you're talking about like wokeism and things like that. Because at the end of the day, whose culture is really the dominant culture? Whose culture is really the right way of living? Right. I mean, those people in uh, New Guinea, those those Zambia people, they're extremely happy. To live that way. Maybe we should do something similar to that. Chill. But, you know, I think I think also, we and we've touched on this topic in quite a few episodes, mm-hmm. it would be really interesting to have a guest panelist who is part of the woke uh, community as oh, well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to have a conversation. So we are being open to guests. So definitely, if you're out there, you are still watching this. <laughs> you probably turned this off by now. Um, <laughs> but And you have an opinion about it. I mean, we would love to have that conversation. Yeah. But going back to, like, I guess, like, the idea of, like, you know, um, what what is considered the right way to, like, guide people within their sexuality. I don't think there is. I think we have to look at it like there is no right or wrong way. I think there's just, like, a, a certain way and a different way, right? And I think that's the way to sort of, like, look at it. Because if you have people that are happy to do that, then it stems down to just, like, what the societal norm is. What's the cognitive social learned belief here, right? Um, you know, I think uh, as more people are more accepting of homosexuality, yes, you're going to see an uptick of people becoming more homosexual. Like, I think if, if, if those people in that tribe can have their people switch from being uh, gay to being straight, then you could definitely influence a society to be gay or straight. It's all about grooming. It starts early. You, you groom that sort of idea into someone's head. You say to somebody, it's normal to be gay. It's okay to be gay. It's okay to be straight. It's okay to do straight things. This is okay. That's grooming. You're teaching that child um, the idea that it is okay for these things. And then they go on living their lives, believing that as adolescents and adults. So it's interesting just how much uh, sexuality 
is can be heavily influenced by culture and groupthink and media. And now in the age of information, I think it's the most powerful. Now that we have the internet, we have social media, we have YouTube, we have these types of podcasts and everything else. Like I think that now is such an important time to really think about this. And especially if you have family, if you have kids, um, to really consider what they're watching online because, yeah. you know, I think uh, our mental coercion is a real thing and, you know, our youth is very malleable and it's important to for you to really take a stand and take a position yeah. um, in some of these matters. And I think once you take a firm position and you invoke that into your own small tribe, which is your family, then you're able to kind of push forward and, you know, not let the outside society dictate what you should and shouldn't well, be doing. It then goes into the whole idea of the oppressed and the oppressor, right? I mean, it's just a constant cycle of, like, fighting each other and, like, not living hand-in-hand hand with one another, yeah. just sort of, like, not understanding each other, not getting along with each other, and that's the problem. Um, you know, it's just, like, I mean... My my personal belief, I'm just going to be straightforward, is that I really believe, and I'm a, I'm a heterosexual guy, so my beliefs are really geared towards heterosexuality. I'm not going to, like, um, you know, um, not understand gay men or, gay, or lesbian women. I'm just going to, you know, I'm a heterosexual. So I live in my heterosexual normative ways, and, I, you know, I would want my kids to be that way, too. If they're not, I'll still accept my kids if they go into another route. But I know with the way that the media is programming and, like, all this stuff that's happening with grooming and the ideas of, like, wanting to um, open up uh, mutilation for teenagers and things like that, you know, I'm kind of worried about which direction the world is going in for my kids because I'm a heterosexual man. I mean, for queer parents, for same-sex parents, I'm pretty sure uh, some, most of them are probably okay with that idea and, like, yeah, like, promoting it and wanting it. But me, like, I personally just, I don't agree with that. Like, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want my kid to get an option to cut off his penis or to, right. for my daughter to cut off her breasts because she is confused by, like, what the society is programming her to think. Right. And that's what the society is programming her to think. It's social cognitive learning. This is why as a parent, if you want to be, if you don't want your child to be a certain way, you got to be on top of your child and explain to them these things and teach them in these particular ways. Right. You know, I, like, you got to, like, be on top of it. <laughs> I guess we're talking about two different things, like sex, gender, and also sexual orientation. I feel like <laughs> I feel like sometimes I, I, I bring your, your kids into the discussion to kind of get your take on it um, <laughs> too much sometimes. But I'm curious, right? Yeah. So let's say... Mm -hmm. That does happen to your one of your kids. Mm -hmm. How do you know if that is if they're the one in three thousand or that society kind of pushed them to? I, like I just that? know it's going to be society. Like it, it has to be because the way I'm I'm raising them, I'm raising them in like a very straight gender, you know, uh, binary way. But what if they just that is just you know because a part of that school one, system? Well, that this is why this is why I'm going to be mindful of what school they go to who they're hanging around with, who they're talking to. You know, these are things I'm going to be on top of them about. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm just like a parent that, you know, I want my kids to live a lifestyle that was kind of like mine, but if they break off from that, then that's on them. And I'm not going to be mad at them. I'm not going to hate them. I'm going to still love them. I'm going to still care for them. It's just like, I'll yes, of course, I'll be a little upset, but I'm not going to, like, uh, shame them for being gay or, like, being lesbian or things like that. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, like the whole, uh, I definitely won't let my child mutilate themselves at the age oh. of 16. That's something that I won't allow. Sheesh. I mean, I'll, cause I know that that's like a confusion and their identity is not even developed yet. So I won't give them that option. I'll tell them, no, you can't do that until you're 18. If you really want to do that, wait till you're 18. Yeah. But even the fact that that simple term or that simple idea is on the table for them can gear them towards that. Nobody was talking about mutilation 10 years ago. Right. Now you're going to see a lot of these kids. And a lot of these kids are coming into my office all confused and, 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 and questioning their gender identity and, like, wanting to become trans and stuff like that. Like, why is there an uptick of that now? Because of society change. I think there is an uptick. I, I, I would be wrong to say... That there hasn't been an uptick. Bro, when I teach... it wasn't a, like that in 07, 08. When, it was not even like that when I started teaching like psychology in college. Yeah. Well, when I teach, like, when teaching the sexuality course, I'm not even going to lie to you guys, it's brutal. I go in there and I feel like, uh, like, I, if I say something wrong, <laughs> forget it. I'm going to get, like, shot down. And there has been discussions that get very heated in that class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are, like, hypersensitive to this conversation. Yeah, and I tell them. But, you know, once again, like I said before in the earlier episode, the school board of the college director, she told me, you got to tell these kids, we're teaching science here. We're not teaching um, things not related to science. And the whole gender non-binary thing, there is no science with that. There is no science on that. And matter of fact, you know, once again, we're talking about it. It's heresy, right? Like, Opposition, talking about the opposite. We're talking about, you know, we're becoming contra contrarianistic here real quick, right? Um, basically, uh, where did the term gender identity even come from? Going back to those Sambia people that I discussed earlier, those individuals don't even have a word for identity. Mm. That's crazy. Here in the United States, it's all about identity. Because we're so individualistic that our identity matters cognitively to us. Damn, this is really heavy. Shit, yeah. If you're watching this, I'm sorry. I'm like really confusing you about stuff. Like, I think I feel like I'm, it's like hard, nah. a lot to, it's not confusion. I think it's actually more um, realism. It's real talk. It's real, real talk. talk. Yeah, it's realistic. But very interesting. If we though. don't get canceled. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we don't get canceled, the, the, you By know the what wokies. I mean? Like, it's crazy. By the Wokies. Cancel culture. Another interesting culture phenomena of behavior and, and ways of acting it's crazy though um what are they talking about basically like the sambia people don't have a word for identity but we do so how does it even having like a word for identity influence ourselves about our own identities and ourselves like the fact that we even have the concept of uh, uh individual identity interesting it gets really far man like this this conversation can go on for days i wow it's it's and it we could take it so many different levels, but just taking it back, you know, I'm glad that you're having a conversation. We're having a conversation on it and we're having a discussion. And even if it does get a little hot and it does get a little energetic, I think that's good because I think that we we've already been so conditioned in the last decade or so to be so passive about our opinions about this matter that it's like, if you are against the Wokies, then you're an oppressor, right? You're this, you're that, you're this phobia, that phobia. But I, the thing is, I'm not being against the Wokies. I'm actually bringing science to the table here. I'm bringing cross-cultural perspective. 
I'm bringing actual facts, actual knowledge that anthropologists and psychologists study. Like I'm bringing the facts. Yeah, you know what I mean. Of course, with a little we're bit of my twisted bias, facts. I'm sure they're yeah. all. I'm I mean, sure the Wookiees have their side it's, of the it's facts. A, it, well. I'm, I, yeah, but we're all biased. Yeah. That's that's a normal human condition. Sure, we're all kind of biased in a way in this country. But if you go to the Sambia people, they're all in the line. Yeah, they're all obedient. They're all following orders. Oh yeah, I gotta be gay for ten years of my life, and then I can become heterosexual when after I turn uh, a certain age, and I'm a man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Here, we're you know obviously we're gonna have our biases. I mean, we're a very individualistic country. I don't, I don't hate anybody. I don't hate anyone. That's the fact. I'm just sort of pushing facts here and knowledge. And I'm using that to give you guys more perspective on the term of sexuality, uh, social cognitive learning. And that's the big point here. That's the theme of today's episode yeah. is heresy and social cognitive learning. Right. Because it's a powerful thing. You could really shape and manipulate a whole society through groupthink. For good or bad. Or good or bad. And then you got to talk about the whole idea of subjectivity versus objectivity. What is reality and what is a biased opinion, right? I mean, I can say that the reality is, is that the truth is that if there's a culture, if there's cultures out there that are subscribing to some sort of abnormal behaviors, what we consider abnormal based on ethnocentric uh, ways of seeing the world, then that means that the human mind is powerful. It's, it's basically um, a servant to influence especially cultural and media and group influence. That's the, pro that's, the, that's the main theme here. Now, you could take this information and do what you want with it, but the idea, the main idea is that, like, who's in control of it all and who's the one that's programming us to think in these ways and believe these things? And for what reason? And for what reason? Right. So our side of it is just think critically and think for yourself. Think Critical thinking. Yeah. Yes. It goes back to that conversation where it's like, all right, you're going to take a step back and you're going to take a third person perspective on the, on the matters of life or something that you want to know more about. And you see all the angles, you see all the sides and then you sit with it and you see what for you seems more realistic, seem more objective, seems, seems like something that you want to incorporate in your life. Um, it's, and I don't know, I don't know. My big thing is like, have a strong position and also protect your kids. That's my huge exactly. thing, man. My, yes. I look at my nieces. I look at my nephew. I don't have any kids. That's this moment. I, I every time like I think about, it, I'm like, yo, if if I don't know, if I had kids, I don't know what I would do. Um, but you know, I look at my nieces and nephews, and I'm just like, I'm. They're very fortunate to have very traditional parents mm -hmm. and who are not on the woke movement. Because it's a scary thing. Yeah, man. It's a scary thing. It's a scary thing. Um, whether you're just in the woke movement or you're just like, whatever, let school educate my child, let society educate my child because I'm too busy working 50 hours and, you know, still acting like a child myself. Right. It's like one or the other. It's like I feel like now more than ever, we need to be very we have to regulate our kids. We had to regulate our kids up I mean, until they're teenagers and even after, man. Just just recently, the U.S. general surgeon released the idea that they want to ban 13 and 14-year-olds from using social media. Weren't they going to ban TikTok, too? And they're, yeah, and then yeah, right. uh, Governor Abbott in Texas is banning TikTok. Because, yeah. And I, I personally agree with that. Why? Because I have, you know, the other day I was teaching the sexuality course. And, like, 
I asked everyone like, oh, whip out your phones and let me know what screen time you got and what what is the most used app that you guys really? use. Really? That's a good one. And they basically whipped out their phones. Most of the yeah. average, I guess, about the class was about eight and a half hours a day wow. on average. And the number one thing that most of these college st- students were engaging in was TikTok. Wow, that's crazy. And even in my other classes, even in the past. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, so yeah. it was like crazy how like how much of that is like yeah. influencing somebody. Right. That's a good point. I think it's influencing a lot. I have a little conspiracy myself about TikTok. <laughs> I've heard that in China, the algorithm is a lot different than it is here in the States. In China, the algorithm ha- feeds more educational things and constructive things for the Chinese people. And here in America, is just goofing around, entertainment, and all these other so, wokeness as so, well. So China displays more like intellectual content on TikTok. Yeah. And the United States TikTok displays a lot of just like goofball dancing and exactly wokeism. Apparently, I've never the, been to China, so I mean, know. I mean, do you feel like wokeism is like uh, a culture that's being like created by China, Chinese government intellect or something? Oof. If not created, I I wouldn't. It wouldn't pass me that it's being promoted by them. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's going back to my Cause conspiracy. Because, contr- like, because you know, when you think about it, TikTok as as compared to like Instagram, TikTok has more like um, content, I guess, related to like you know, queer theories and things like that. As and they a- cancel too, right? Didn't they cancel and- one of our yeah. videos? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they one of I posted our- something they about sexuality, out. and they took the audio out, and they 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 disconnected. The- they they didn't even let me post that post about That's sexuality. Crazy. Like, I was talking about, like, heterosexual norms and stuff like that. They didn't let me post that. That's crazy. So what's China's agenda as well? What part? What role do they play? You know, they're sending out balloons over here and putting out lasers Setting out balloons space. and lasers and, oh, my God, all the balloons that are coming out. Yo, what's like, really going crazy. on? It's crazy, man. I don't know. That's what I'm trying to say. You got to be careful. You got to be mindful of, like, all the stuff that you're consuming, you know? Like, it, it, it has a psychological impact. 100%. I think the next... It's interesting because I think the next thing is psychological warfare. Oof. Like, like I think it really is. is. It already is. I mean, we already know the idea of social cognitive learning theory. Like, we know you can manipulate people's cognitive beliefs and they can believe things strongly. Heck, even in therapy, when I work with individuals uh, using, like, more of a cognitive behavioral therapeutic approach, it's about reframing their beliefs to some degree. Right. You know what I mean? And, like, it helps. I I can definitely, definitely see that. They're basically using that on a larger scale. Yeah. I mean, let's not go too far. We go back to, like, Hitler's age and stuff. And, you know, a lot of people were, became Nazis and they believed all this. And they oppressed and killed and did all these things. And we're thinking, oh, we're so far from that. Yo, it was less than 100 years ago. Less than 100 years ago, man. I think people are just easily as able to be manipulated we saw 2020 what happened over there we're not even gonna really touch on that subject but a yeah. lot of people were very malleable in a lot of ways so and even talking about the the sambia people of that culture like how they can manipulate these kids to do these like very uh sexually deviant what we perceive ethnocentrically deviant right. sexual acts right which is crazy and they believe it's normal right to them it's normal Man, I'm glad we're talking about this now because five <laughs> to ten years we get to look back at this. Oh, hell you know? yeah. Like, we were right, right? <laughs> right like, 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 we were wrong. Oh, I don't know. but something, Something's going to happen, man. I think we're just at the peak of human consciousness. And, you know, I don't even want to throw too much spirituality out there. But I think there's also a spiritual warfare as well. You know, I think it's that's mm-hmm. a big part. And, yeah. uh, and, hey, in many dimensions and in many levels. 
Yeah. Trippy. It's a crazy thing, man. But at the end of the day, you know, this is what it is. Some things to think about. Like, it's, you know, um, I know it sounds as though people are going to be very, like, contrarianistic towards your beliefs and things like that. But don't look at it that way. I think you got, once again, critical thinking is a big thing. Take the knowledge that you gain from this podcast, from stuff that you learn in school and utilize it in a way that's going to be more effective for yourself to learn and grow. That's the main thing. Don't look at it like somebody's down talking your beliefs and then cancel them for it. I think that's like causing more division. That's another thing that they're probably doing this to cause more division. Yeah. I think the big thing too is like you have to take the chance in quote unquote hurting someone's feelings or, you know, being Hey man, at the end of the day, you got to speak what you believe. Exactly. And if you don't take that chance, it's you're just gonna live other people's whatever objective, whatever they want for you. Yeah, exactly. Just know it's interesting because it goes down to the idea like how much, how much of ourselves are ourselves, and how much of ourselves are our environment. Oof. You know, I mean, like answer the simple last question: yeah. Would you be the same person that you are today if you were born in a totally different country? Wow. You know, so just think about that. Yeah. But uh, we'll leave it off here. Um, tune in to the next episode of the MindWorks podcast. Today's episode was based on the whole theme of, um, you know, uh, what is it? What was, what was it? It was social cognitive. Social cognitive and learning and, and social learning cognitive restructuring. And that was, that. A, that was a theme of today's podcast. We're going to leave it off here for today. Think about it. I love leaving you guys on a thought process or a thought road to engage in your own critical thinking process. And yeah, see you in the next episode. Peace. Peace.